You're about to listen to another episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss and sometimes even solve some interesting HR problems. And I'm going to go off the rails sometimes and talk about whatever I want. Hey, Paul. Hey, Ellie. Uh, Tell me what the hell just happened in HR. All right. Today we've got an interesting story that uh, came through our compliance email, which is where our compliance team gets to nerd out and see all the new state laws that are coming through and the crazy stuff that has happened in HR. Okay. Um, And so this one is about disabilities. And uh, there was a female employee who went to a sales conference with a male employee. Okay. Uh, End of the conference that evening, they kind of parted ways. They weren't hanging out or anything. She went to dinner, I believe, with another female employee. So they weren't, there was no interaction there. Okay. Um, Later that evening, the male employee gets a knock on his door, opens it. The female employee is standing there in a bathrobe. She walks into his room. She gets into his bed. She pulls the covers up to her face Uh and then becomes unresponsive. And so he then has to contact. Wait, 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 wait. I told you it was a wild one. He hears a knock. He opens the door. Mm -hmm. She's standing there in a robe. She walks by him. She Mm -hmm. gets into the bed. She pulls the covers up. And at that point, she is no longer responsible. Yeah. At that point, he's like, she's like not interacting with him. So he's like, hey, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. And she's unresponsive. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so he has to call hotel security at this point and they wait, he, his first move was to call hotel security because he had a fellow employee in his bed who was unresponsive. Right. Because he couldn't get her out. He couldn't get her out. So she was okay. I'm, I'm going to, I have a lot of questions. I knew you would. This is killing me. I have, I have so many questions. Okay. I'll just, I'll settle down. He calls hotel security. They come up and they you know, shake her awake basically and escort her back to her room. Um, And the article said that obviously he also mentioned, told human resources of their company about it. It didn't say whether he like contacted someone right away that evening and was like, Hey, emergency situation. I feel super uncomfortable, which I doubt. Yeah. 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 Um, But the hotline, right? Like the emergency (laughs) overnight hotline. It's like a bat. It's a Batman hotline straight into the head of HR's (laughs) uh, home. And it's like, wait a minute, we have a problem out there. We've got an HR problem. Okay. Right. Um, So, you know, this employee comes back to work. They put her on a paid leave. They're like, hey, we need to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. And they end up terminating her. Okay. So right after the incident happened, this female employee contacted a doctor about this because she was like, this was super weird. She wasn't able to see this doctor until after she had already been terminated. So after the termination and after she eventually sees this doctor, Mm -hmm. she's diagnosed with a sleepwalking disorder. Oh, wow. So then she sues the company. Saying, hey. Hey, you violated the ADA. I have a disability. You fired me because of it. Why I wanted to talk about this was because it, first of all, it just shows the broad range of disabilities that you're dealing with. And you, as employers, you never really know. You never really know when you're going to have to deal with something like this, especially a situation like this, because it's likely that if she hadn't gone to a conference, they were never going to be affected by the sleepwalking disorder, you know, that's true. unless she was napping at the office. Like oh, it's, yeah. that's probably not something they were ever going to deal with. Right. So um, she was trying or somehow they were, t- she, her, she or her attorneys or the, 
Did, can I ask, do you know, because by the way, everybody, we're talking about a story on the news as it's reported in the news. There could be other things that went on that we're not privy to because they're not in the record or we haven't found them. You know, we haven't gone to it. So we were talking about it as it's been reported to us. Right. Okay. Do you know if she filed this with the EEOC? I don't know if she filed it with the EEOC. Okay. She did not win um, the employer one because they stated that she was terminated because of what happened due to her disorder, not the disability itself. Not the disability itself. Right. Right. And the employer at the time had no way of knowing that she had a disability. Correct. Yeah. They had no she way of, didn't know. Because she didn't know she had yeah, a disability. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know if it had, this was like the very first time it happened to her or she just hadn't seen a doctor about it before or anything like that. But yeah, in any case, it wasn't something that had ever been disclosed to the employee Okay. Um, be a doctor. But, you know, the reason why I thought this was interesting is because it kind of shows that even when an employee has a disability, that doesn't mean that the employer is required to just right. let anything fly. You know, right. in this case, yes, unfortunately, her disability is what caused that to happen, mm -hmm. but it's still violated. Well, yeah. You know, another employee's privacy and boundaries and any rules that they had at the, right, at right. the company about, do you know if they were traveling overnight or if it was locally, if they, they, she wouldn't have stayed in a hotel. Yeah. They were that, in a hotel. So, so it they was, had to be, I, I don't know if it was out of state, but it was out of whatever, yeah, the, whatever they city they're based in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have so many things to unpack. Here. Yeah. Let's the, do it. The reason why I asked about the EEOC and whether or not she had filed this ADA complaint through the EEOC for everyone's benefit out there, if you're filing a, a a complaint underneath either the federal or the or the federal American with Disabilities Act, or with maybe your state, your state may have a, a Disabilities Act of its own. You you do you generally have to go through the EEOC at the federal level, so you'd have to have 15 or more employees, and I'm assuming they did, um, or you go through your state if there's if that's the path that you're supposed to take. And then they do something, and I think some of you, if you're in HR, you've heard this, it's called a right to sue letter. And I, I just wanna be clear, it, the way I thought about it, when I first learned about this like 15 years ago, as I thought that the EEOC would make a determination and tell you whether or not, as the complaint, the person who's gonna lodge the complaint, whether or not you could sue the employer. But that's not actually how it works. The EEOC looks at the complaint and decides if they're going to represent you or not. And they'll say, look, you can, you can go private with this and sue on your own, but we're interested in this. We think it's a case. We think it's a big enough case and it'll have a big enough impact that we want to represent you and we want to go after the employer. So that's kind of an interesting thing to know, but regardless of whether they decide to pursue it themselves or not, they still issue a right to sue letter. So the right to sue letter is really to mean as I understand it, it's more of an acknowledgement that this has gone through the EEOC and a right to sue letter without the EEOC taking action can, it, it, it can be an indicator that it may not be the best, it may not be the best case to, to go on. Right. So that's, that's one piece, that's just one piece of let's nerd out and kind of talk about 
what it means when someone files this kind of complaint. Yeah, no, that's a really important detail to yeah. share. I think for employers so, to know what steps employees may go through and exactly like you said, what right. that letter that gives it some validity. It gives yeah, it, yeah, it gives them the. I think that I think it's probably as much for the courts to be able to say, okay, we can receive this as this kind of complaint. It has gone through its administrative thing. They tried to settle it. They tried to work it out beforehand. It can't be. It hasn't been able to be worked out between the parties, and you know. They'll, they'll let the case proceed. All right. All right. The, I just, I okay. All right. I mean, you made a good point, something to take into account. Um, I think a lot of employers think if there's a protected class or if someone's disabled, they have to do, they have to be incredibly cautious and they almost can't do anything mm-hmm. to hold some accountability or, around the, around the job. So I think one of the misunderstandings that employers have, and and it's not a, it's not a, maybe misunderstanding is not the right word. Let let me just say it. A lot of employers think if somebody's disabled or if they're in some kind of a protected class, which almost all of us are in anyway, that their hands are tied, that they Mm -hmm. have to walk on eggshells almost to the point that they can't hold someone accountable around the job that they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Now you have to be careful. You have to be cognizant of it. You have to have the policies and the HR expertise in order to be able to understand what you're getting yourself into and how it has to be specifically handled. Um, Yeah, I'm really happy um, that you just mentioned about how important it is to have those HR policies and expertise before you address these situations. Right. Um, Because... You know, as you said, a lot of employers sometimes think that they can't do anything because this person, as you said, is, is has a disability. Um, and on the opposite end of that, sometimes they don't take the disability serious, right. you know. And so we talked a little, bit, a little bit about this in one of our previous episodes yeah. where the employee had... Uh, really severe anxiety. The employer threw him that birthday party and ended up having to pay like almost half a million dollars in fees for his wrongful termination. And so it shows the kind of two polar ends of that spectrum. It really does. Because in the, in the one that I think was episode three, we did. And, you know, again, it was, as it was reported in the news, it, what it looked like was that the company knew that they had, had, it was reasonable for them to know that what the employee was telling them about their anxiety and not wanting that birthday party would qualify underneath some kind of disability. And that, you know, it, it just looked that way on this one though, as you described it, it looks like they can't know mm-hmm. because the employee didn't even mm-hmm. know. And, you know, work related works in two different ways, by the way, you know, it, work related means that work has to take some accountability for what went on. So if the shoe had been on the opposite foot and it had been him who showed up in and walked into her room and got into her bed, there's almost no amount of getting you know, getting out of that. And, and so her coming like she did with nobody having any knowledge that she had some issue with there being no indication to the employer or even maybe to the guy that it happened to who worked for him that there was a disability, then they, they can't know. So they, it, they couldn't fire for that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to point out, Allie, cause we don't have to drive this into the ground. I is, we have we work in a business where there's lots of conferences and traveling 
And one of the important things to note is, is that our policies, these employee, these, this employee handbook, these policies apply all the way across the board. Like when you're traveling, you, you know, when you're in the plane, you still can't get knocked down drunk drinking, you know, because you're, go, you're traveling for work. You still mm-hmm. have to conduct yourself as if you're at work. And so that comes that comes into play to a certain degree here. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I think, you know, you could argue it's the middle of the night and it she's she wasn't on the clock in any way, shape, or form, but still, um, I don't know what else they would have done. So what you're telling me is she filed a complaint, they sued, company fought the lawsuit, company won. Company won. Just wasn't related. I mean, they 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 had to have had a very difficult time attaching the action that the employer took, which I think was in line with their core values, with their policies, and what any of us would do Mm -hmm. with what they knew at the time. I think the action they took was aligned, was consistent. It's probably what they would have done in all circumstances. And there was no way to prove that they, you know, because she had a disability, they targeted her and and decided to do it. In fact, I think, I mean, I can't speak for him, but I I can't imagine that, if she had immediately said, hey, guys, I have a sleepwalking disability, I never thought to tell you because I don't sleep at work and it's not any of your business, but I've been diagnosed with this. It's been, it happens throughout my life. It comes up and down. It's because of reasons I don't want to share with you. The company would have been smart to take a step back. Yeah, I think it would have been a different conversation probably, at that point. They would have taken yeah. different steps to I, address I, that. I would certainly expect Absolutely. So. Yeah, so um, that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I thought it was just a good one to show, you yeah. know, how important it is to have those policies in place and how beneficial it can be to have an, you know, an HR expert to talk to because this is the kind of stuff that when it comes through the Solution Center, we can really advise on all those specific steps that you need to take, whichever way the situation comes at you. This one would have been something we could have handled quite, I think we would have handled quite well, and we would have agreed with them taking the steps they, that they took, based on what I, I know right yeah. now. There's one other thing I want to put forward, is I hope there was a policy in place, and I think there was, um, that I told employees that if they felt harassed or something was wrong, they needed to report it. And although I made a joke about the HR hotline, I think the employee, the guy, did the right thing. He reported it as soon as possible Mm -hmm. and and made HR aware of it, which I think was just, you know, everybody did everything right in this case, which is not how it always turns out. Yeah, the bases were covered, I think, for the most part. Well, Allie, that was really a good one. Um, Glad you liked it. Yeah, of course. uh, That was what the hell just happened in HR. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Do Paul a favor and share this with your network. If you have an HR issue or a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, send it to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. For more HR advice and insights from Paul and his team of experts, you can also join the private Facebook group, HR Basecamp, or visit hrbasecamp.com. Make sure you tune in next week and remember... Better workplaces make better lives.